for some of you, you know what we're getting into right now. Um, for others, it's going to be a special treat tonight. <laughs> it is my honor and pleasure to introduce to you Senior Pastor of Overcoming Believers Church, Pastor Daryl Arnold. Good evening, everyone. Y'all supposed to say something back like, hello, how you doing? All right. Good evening, everyone. Excellent. It's great to be here today. I'm really excited about the opportunity to be with you all. It's always good to be with our Old Souls family. I remember the first time I came here, I was nervous uh, to death. And and now it just seems like that we're family. Our staff have uh, lunch together um, uh, about every uh, every couple of months. I spend a ton of time with your with your pastor, and um, Bruce Charles has taken over my office. And so uh, I see him more than I see my wife these days. So we're family, and I'm just really excited about being with you on the day. So when your pastor asked, could, uh, could I come, I was just elated to be, uh, to be with you. Uh, I want to I wanna, um, first thank, uh, thank God for uh, life and health and strength, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I, um, I went to preach in Chattanooga on Wednesday, well, Tuesday, Tuesday I went to preach, uh, Bible study. I preached three times that day. And then, uh, Wednesday I went to Chattanooga. I've been having this, um, this congestion in my chest, uh, pollen has gotten caught in my chest like all of us. And, um, and my, my, uh, uh, lay people, they pray for me. And then Wednesday I went to preach in Chattanooga, just kind of got worse. And then Thursday I went to preach in Buffalo, New York. And it really was about, it was getting bad. And, and one of the nurses on staff said, I'd just like to hear, hear you before you go out. And so she, where do you put that thing? There you go. She, I'm a preacher. I don't know this stuff. Uh, uh, so I put it on my chest and she said, you really need to get to the doctor. And so I preached through it, and the next day I woke up. I thought I was feeling good and just got worse. And um, found out, went to the doctor, and they said that I had bronchitis. That stuff has just settled in my chest. I had bronchitis, a tad bit of asthma. And they said if I hadn't got in there uh, that day, uh, then, um, then I would have had pneumonia. And so I want you all to be patient with me um, uh, because I'm still, still trying to get this stuff out of me. Um, but I want to thank God for life and and health, so you all pray for me as we go uh, through the scriptures today. Uh, let us pray. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says that two or three of us are gathered together in uh, any place that's touching anything in agreement. There, he'll be in the midst. So, if you're close to somebody, touch somebody in a safe Christian place as we pray. Father, we do honor you and we bless you for the time that we have together. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be with these people who I deem to be my family, and I pray God that as you Uh, continue to bless all souls and OBC that you will continue to knit us together as one. I am a mere man outside of your presence, outside of your revelation and outside of your spirit. And so father, I hide myself behind the cross and I ask God that you would anoint me for this moment. We believe it to be done. It is so. And so it is in Jesus name. Amen. One of the things that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about that God has been speaking to me about is is similar to what I was just talking about. 
uh, I'm a hard-headed guy. And so many times I don't really listen to people a lot, especially that pertains to ministry and slowing down. I'm always driving. Your pastor's always on me. He think he's my daddy, big brother, something. Uh, but he's always calling me like, man, you need to get some rest. You need to slow down. You need to pause and don't say yes to everything. And, and um, you know, I'm working on that. The Bible says that wisdom is found in a multitude of counsel. And so that's a wise thing to do. And I'm working on that. Uh, but one of my strongholds is I just, I just stay so driven. I'm not exactly sure what, that, what that's about. It probably comes from my mother. She's the same way. But, but um, Thursday night, Thursday night, I said something to this nurse uh, that was that was checking me out prior to going into the service in Buffalo, New York. I said, ma'am, I, I don't have time to be going to the hospital. I've got an assignment. I came here to preach the gospel. I have an assignment. And so I have a suit on like this, a bow tie on similar to this. And, and I got my shoes done, my hair's tightened, I'm got it together, right? And she says this to me. She says, she says, Pastor, you might have pneumonia. She says this to me she, in a very joking way, but, it, but it's spiritually anchored in my heart. She says, you're going... You're going to be a well-dressed, nice suit, nice shoe, nice haircut-looking dead man if you can't breathe. When she said that, it, it woke me up because the Holy Spirit said that to me. He says that, that many times as, as, as self-proclaimed evangelical Christians gather around the cross on Sundays and Wednesdays or whenever we meet, we lift our hands, we, we come in and and we give sermons and we sing songs. But, but, but many of us are dead men and women without the Holy Spirit inside of our lives. And we'll never be effective at anything. We will never be able to fulfill that which God has called us to fulfill as long as we continue to come into these places. I said this to my church on Tuesday. As long as we come into these four walls and we go through, through the motions, yet we don't occupy and appreciate the power of the holy spirit the bible says that that jesus raised the dead he walked on water he stretched out the hands of the withered he cleansed the leper he he, he fed five thousand people with two fish and five barley loaves he turned water into wine this man did some supernatural things he was a very god the very God, he was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. The Bible says, according to John, the first chapter, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among men, and we beheld his glory. Jesus did all of this powerful stuff, but guess what? He did nothing until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus was walking down the sandy seashores of the Jordan as John the Baptist was baptizing. And John had said this. He says, there's going to be one that comes after me that I'm not even going to be able to tie his shoestrings. And then he looks up and he sees Jesus walking down the seashore. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world he baptizes Jesus, and as Jesus is being baptized, comes up out of the water, the Bible says that the sky opened up, and a dove, which was a sign of the Holy Spirit, rested upon Jesus. And the Bible says the moment after that, Jesus began to do miracles, signs, wonders, and exploits. Isn't that interesting that, that Jesus knew he had to have the Holy Spirit in order for him to work ministry in the earth, but we don't think we need him. 
Isn't that interesting that we think that we think that we can do what 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 God couldn't do. What Jesus couldn't do. We can do what Jesus can do. We think that our titles and our testimonies and our suits and our hats and our dresses and our what would Jesus do bracelets and our All Souls t-shirts can transform a community like Knoxville, Tennessee without the power of the Holy Ghost. It's absolutely impossible. Jesus knew it. I now know it. Before I get finished, I want you to know it. That you can't raise your children without the Holy Spirit. You can't stay married without the Holy Spirit. You can't transform a community without the Holy Spirit. You can't build a business for the kingdom without the Holy Spirit. You can't even stay friends with your friend without the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, you need the Holy Ghost in your life. Jesus was a mere man outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now we, are, we got the God, the Father piece down. We got Jesus down. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we get nervous. Pastor trying to make us Pentecostal. <laughs> he trying to make us charismatic and holiness. He going to fool around and have us speaking in tongues before it's over with. No, no, the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking of in tongues. It's not about falling out because God doesn't care that you fall out of the altar. He cares about what you do when you get up after you fall out. All of us need the Holy Spirit. So, so it's interesting that, that we got this God the Father thing down. God in three persons. We got that. We understand that he is a person. He holds this world in the palm of his hand. We know that about God. The Bible says we are leaning on the everlasting arm. Those are anthropomorphic terminologies. It simply means that, that God is so big that sometimes it's difficult for us to, for him to express who he is. So he uses humanistic terminology in order for us to understand the power of his deity. We get the fact that God is, is operating in a person. When you pray, pray our father. See how they make, we make God a father. He's man. We, we get Jesus being a man. He was the man in God, the God in man. We get that. He knows, he knows how to save us. He had holes in his hands. God had holes in his hands. He had spikes in his feet. God had spikes in his feet. He had a crown of thorn upon his head. So we get that God has a personality, and we get that Jesus is a human being, but we think the Holy Spirit is a it. We even call him an it. When I grew up, when I grew up, I grew up in church and they would shout at my church when I grew up. They would shout. We called it in the black church getting happy. <laughs> they would shout. And my grandmama would shout. And a song would come on and sort of making her think of the goodness of Jesus. She would say, oh, thank you. I remember one day, this is true. I'm so glad my son's up here because they'd be laughing. It was true. My grandma got you. Thank you. 80 years old. Thank you. And she slid up under the pew. <laughs> Boy, the kids was in the back laughing so hard. I mean. And so I asked my mama after church. I said, what happened to grandmama? And my mama, bad doctrine. She didn't know. She said she got hit by the Holy Ghost. And at that moment, I knew right then, whatever hit her, I ain't going to let it hit me. 
You see, you see, we have been trained that the Holy Spirit was some power, this, this mystical, intangible something that sits in the midst of nothingness. God in three persons? The dance of the Trinity? How can this be a person and this be a person and this be a it? And we expect to dance? So today I'm challenging you to no longer see the Holy Spirit as this some energy. And you know that's dangerous in this generation that we're in because God is some energy, right? This, this energy, this, this mystical whatever. No, the Holy Spirit is, is as much as a person as every other part of the Trinity. That's why the Bible says stuff like that, that the Holy Spirit grieves for us. Only human beings grieve. That means you can hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings. He grieves for us the, the, the bible says those that are led by the spirit those shall be called the sons of god those, those are that's a humanistic term that we, we're led by people the the, 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 the bible the bible the bible says that the holy spirit brings all things back to our memory he teaches us teaches a human you see how we've made him mystical and, and here's the problem daughter here's the problem with the holy spirit the reason we don't see the holy spirit actively operating in many of our ministries is because god says i can't ignite what you continue to ignore we can't keep ignoring the holy spirit and expect him to ignite us to, to ignite us nobody wants to be around a person who ignores them nobody my children who just left, they, they've got this friend in the neighborhood who always ignores them. They don't want to go over to his house because he's just going to ignore them. You've got some people at work. You don't want to be around them because when they get with their bougie friends, they, they start ignoring you. And if the truth be told, when we play dirty and we're fighting with our spouses, you know what the dirtiest thing you can do? Ignore them. Nobody wants to be around person who ignores them so the holy spirit says i don't want to be around people churches pastors worship teams choirs who love the father love the son but ignore me you you cannot ignite what you choose to ignore holy spirit is a beautiful thing he is He's an amazing, he's an amazing part of the Holy Spirit. He's an amazing part of the Trinity. The, the, the Bible says, uh, according to John 14, verse 26, just, just write it down and you can look at it later. But, but in ver- verse 14, verse 25 through 28, G- Jesus is about to die, y'all. Jesus is about to die, family. And, and the Bible says that the disciples do what all humans do when they know somebody's about to die. You, you, your mom is struggling with cancer. And they tell you that she's in hospice and, and, and she says, I, got, I think I'm about to leave. Or your dad, you, you know he's about to die and he says, I'm going to leave. Even though you know it's coming you still start grieving and you start struggling even though that you had time ample time of knowing that it was coming you still struggle because that's your mama man that's your dad that's your child and, and jesus says i'm about to get out of here and, and they says no don't leave us he says i, I said i'm leave. Uh, he says i'm gonna leave but i'm not leaving and it confused them because they say you say you were leaving but then you say you were gonna stay and he says no i'm going my body is going up <laughs> but my spirit is 
coming down. Well, what he was saying is that the, 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 the Jesus that you know, that body is going to heaven, but what's inside of me that's been giving me the ability to do all of the signs and the wonders and the miracles and preach and teach to you and love on you, he's going to stay. He called him the comforter. Everybody say the I need y'all to say it too when I say it. All right. So, so he's, he called them the comforter. Everybody say the comforter. The, 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 the Greek tr- translation to that, I love it. it. It's the Greek word parakletos. I, I love it. The Holy Spirit there is, is called the parakletos. Everybody say parakletos. It, it, it means the stand beside or the help, the helper, one who is an advocate for you, one who comes alongside and helps you. That's what the word paracletus means, one who comes alongside and helps you. Paracletus, say it one more time, paracletus. You see, that, that's where we get the word parachute. Paracletus, parachute, they come from the same word. It means one to come alongside and help you. So if you're, if you're in, a, in an airplane and you're 20,000 feet in the air and somebody pushes you out and you're about to hit the, floor, the, the, the ground, well, what do you do? You pull your parachute and, and you, everybody thought you were going to smash on the ground, but your parachute allows you to come down safely. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Paracletus does when we are falling out of the planes of life. When it looks like our lives are about to be destroyed, it looks like the bad news is going to come to manifestation in our life. And just at the nick of time, you thought it was all over, but you, but you pulled on the Paracletus or the parachute or the Holy Ghost, and He allowed you to come down softly. The Paracletus. Is our parachute. But not only is the paracletus your parachute, but the paracletus is also your paramedic. You know what a paramedic is? A paramedic is one who, when you have totaled your car on 40 West, when the car is spinning around and all you see is guardrails and 18 wheelers, and, and it looks like that your life is over and you crash. They call the paramedic and the paramedic stops everything that they're doing to see about you. You should have got happy right there because there's some of you. If the truth be told, you've totaled your life at times. You've done some dumb stuff, some stuff you shouldn't have done, said some stuff you shouldn't have said. Your marriage perhaps was almost total. Your relationship with your children was almost total. Your financial situation was all your to- almost total. But you called on the paramedic. And the moment you called on the paramedic, the paramedic stopped everything he was doing to come see about you. Not only is the Holy Spirit your paracletus and your paramedic and your parachute, but he is also your paralegal. He is a lawyer, a counselor. There's a difference between an attorney and a paralegal. A paralegal starts working on your case before you get in trouble. Now, my church would have went crazy. Aren't you glad that even before you get in trouble, God is already working on your escape? Even before you got in the debt, he was trying to figure out how to get you out of it. Even before the sickness got in your body, he was already providing a way to make sure that you were going to connect with the right doctors. God loves us so much that he works on our behalf. Even before we get in trouble, you've got to fall in love with him 
Who is to him? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says, according to Romans 8, that, that the, the, the mind of the Spirit searches out all things. The Holy Spirit has a mind, has intellectual capacity, cognitive reason, intelligence capabilities. The Holy Spirit can think, searches out your heart. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is searching out your heart so much that when you get into seasons in your life where life gets so chaotic and crazy and you just want to take a Calgon bath and throw the covers over your head and go to sleep, God says that even when you don't know what to pray, he'll send the Holy Spirit into your life to pray for you. And guess what? The Holy Ghost knows how to get a prayer through. Isn't that good, man? The Holy Spirit will tell you exactly who you need to call to sell the building to. The Holy Spirit will tell you where you left your keys. The Holy Spirit will have you driving to work and the Holy Spirit will say, you know you left the iron on. Oh, don't play with me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Holy Spirit will, will show you where your child is hiding something they shouldn't have. The Holy Spirit will tell you when you walk in the room, they've been talking about you. It'll get real quiet. The Holy Spirit has the propensity and the proclivity to show you things and give you divine wisdom and insight that you could not understand without him. But you've got to welcome him. Welcome him into your life. Welcome him into your heart. Welcome him into your family. Welcome him into your church and welcome him, listen to this, even into your prayer life. On the day of Pentecost, y'all talk about that last week? On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, The Bible says they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind and fire came in the room and sat upon each and every one of them. The Holy Spirit filled the room. It was a room not much bigger than this one. Actually, about the half of the size of this one. I've been in that room twice. I've been in that room twice. Now, you all have to to help me with this one because you're a whole lot smarter than me. But but, but that, that room is about a fourth of this size. I've been in there twice. And somehow, someway, 120 people who were in the room praying, they prayed so hard, so intently, that all of the Holy Spirit came into the room. Anybody want that to happen? Anybody want all of the Holy Spirit to come into the room? You see, you see, man, when that happens, nobody cares about what song you're leading when that happens nobody cares about whether you were off key or not nobody cares who was preaching because when you really have an encounter with the holy spirit it doesn't fall on one person it falls on everybody in the room and when they had this encounter with him guess what happened just a few verses later three thousand people Gave their lives to Jesus. If the Holy Spirit falls in this room like it did then, 
with 120 people and Peter was the only one that preached, what would happen if all of us were impacted by that same Holy Spirit and we went out and shared the gospel? How many people would come into the kingdom this week because we've been impacted by the Holy Ghost? I I think I had one assignment. I'm sorry. I think I had one assignment today. And I believe that that one assignment is fairly simple. And that assignment is this, to challenge the people of God that are in this room as I've been doing for the last three weeks everywhere I go, not to just tolerate the person of the Holy Spirit, but to embrace the person of the Holy Spirit, pray for the person of the Holy Spirit to show up in our lives. My brothers and sisters, I know where you are theologically. I know who your pastor is. So I don't have to tell you how the Holy Spirit operates in our our lives. If you're born again, according to Romans, the eighth chapter, you already have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, is the birthmark of the believer. So I don't have to spend time teaching you that theologically. Every single person, if you're born again, if you're saved, raise your hand. All right, all of you who have your hands up, listen, have the birthmark of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Everybody that just lifted their hand. It's the birthmark of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you have not the Holy Spirit, you are none of his. You're none of his. So we know that you have it. But, but that same guy, that same guy who said that his name is Paul, says something else to us in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 18. I'm through. Uh, Whoever said that, we're going to have to split the offering with you, man, because that's it. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, be not drunk with wine. Y'all do know what wine is. Don't y'all know you don't know nothing about your cousin, dude. The person sitting next to you, they know what it is. Be not drunk with wine wearing assets. It's not talking about Moscato. This ain't talking about Grandma Yay. This is not talking about cran- cranberry juice and great goose. No, this is, this is talking about be not drunk with wine wearing in excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Boy, the people in my circles have taken that and they have messed that up. They, they want to make, they take that verse and say, I told you you shouldn't be drinking no wine. You can't even go to this church without drinking wine because y'all got something ready. That's <laughs> Brandon like, yeah, we going all souls. It's going to be on up and out of day. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how he can get two shots. He's not talking about wine in that passage. He's talking about, listen to this, influence. If you drink too much wine, you will no longer control what you took in. What you took in will begin to control you. Take a little sip, you'll be all right. Take another sip, you're all right. Take a glass, you're okay. You fool around and get you two, three drinks in your good ones, top shelf. You're no longer controlling it. It's controlling you. What, what, God, what God is trying to teach us in that passage is you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep taking shots. Yeah, you saved. You got him living in you. But when was the last time you took another shot?
And just like if you were to drink tonight till you were unconscious, by this time tomorrow, you would sober up. God is telling us, don't sober up. Take another shot. Drinks are on the house tonight. You can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you want, all souls. You have not really operated in what God wanted you to operate in until you no longer control it. He's got to control you. He's got to control what he, what he does with your money. He's got to control what he does in these worship services. He's got to control what you say to your wife even in anger. He's got to control how you discipline your children. He's got to control whether you live in Farragut or in East Knoxville. That's not your decision. Hey, it's the Holy Spirit's. It's only your decision if you decide, I want to live a sober life. I don't know about you. I want to stay drunk. I want to be led by his spirit. I want to be led by his presence. I want to be led by his anointing. I want to be led by his word. Be not drunk, all souls. With wine, where the excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands, family. Lift your hands, family. It's all right. Lift your hands.